0: Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Wanted to tell you about House of Carbs, hosted by one of my best friends, Joe House. I've known him since 1988, and the entire time I've known him, he's been very, very hungry. And now he has a chance to host a podcast about being hungry. All the things that make him hungry, the food that he loves, it is a podcast by the Hungry for the hungry and it's not your typical foofy food podcast where they're talking about foie gras and all that stuff no no we're talking about diners we're talking about fried chicken sandwiches pizza slices best chinese food everything everything you talk about with food is on this podcast and with great guests like david chang Chris Bianco, Jimmy Kimmel, bunch of people coming up. All of them love food. Nobody loves food quite as much as Joe Hass. But listen, check this out. Subscribe right now to Hass of Carbs wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar Braun Strowman. My name is Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show.
1: And you are listening listening to The Masked Man Show.
0: And you're listening to The Masked Man Show.
1: Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. I'm here with Dave Schilling. Hello. We are live on video, not yes. live, and not we're not even sure if we're on video, but we are wearing matching yellow wrestling t-shirts
2: today. Because we knew we were going to be sharing this whole podcast with our listeners. We wanted to give them a visual... And an audio treat. This is good for them. This is
1: the only shirt that I own that's not gray or black. So I hope everybody's really enjoying this. I'm just really trying to break out of the break out of my shell.
2: Be a Laker fan, and then you have to wear yellow t-shirts all the time or gold (sighs) t-shirts. Excuse me. Now's
1: the time to jump on the Lakers bandwagon, man. They are they are every basketball hipster's favorite team. That's right, baby. Um, Speaking of uh, every hipster's favorite thing, Braun Strowman. Exactly where I was going (laughs) to go. wrestling hipsters really need to be a thing i mean i know they are a thing but we really need to claim that identity
2: i don't think so at all i think that's a terrible mistake because then people are going to start teasing us more than they already do on uh, various internet platforms they already
1: do i'm saying let's just own it okay sure when people are like no like why do you love like why do you love Ginger mahal so much he sucks you can just be like well i'm a wrestling hipster yeah my job is to say things that you find abhorrent exactly
2: Ironically
1: um, liking stuff. We have a gigantic pay per view, maybe the biggest pay per view yeah. since No Mercy coming up <laughs> this weekend.
2: <laughs> the pay per view was last weekend. What the fuck?
1: And they're already talking about. Tables, ladders, and chairs all over SmackDown, right? Or yeah, because they they were uh, tables, ladders, and chairs. This year is a raw pay per view. No, I know, but on SmackDown they were saying oh, sure. if you order the network today, you not only get this, you get tables, ladders. Okay, and- yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, we're like, we, it's it's all. It happens so fast. There's just too much. Stuff. Hey, man, wrestling comes at you fast. As a wrestling hipster, I feel <laughs> obligated to say there's just too much of it, man. Too much wrestling. Too much good stuff. Somebody pushed Sami Zayn. God, um, Sammy Zayn was kind of. It's weird that Sami Zayn is involved in like basically the main event of Hell in a Cell storyline-wise, but not even have a match. Does he have a match on the card? We'll get to that, but do you want to talk about Raw first? Yes. 100%. Actually, you know
2: what? First, let's talk about uh let's talk about Lance Russell. I'm going to leave this to you because you are the preeminent Memphis wrestling expert not named Jerry the uh, King Lawler. I was pleasantly surprised with the
1: amount of uh the amount of like, beautiful eulogy he elicited, Lance Russell elicited when he died this week. Um, Lance Russell, as I'm sure most people listening to this know, was the voice of Memphis wrestling for decades. Um, he, uh, I, I tweeted something to this effect, but it's funny, like, I, I talk all the time about Jerry the King Lawler and, you know, Bill Dundee, Dutch Mantel, Jeff Jarrett, the, guy, the wrestlers who were really formative to my, uh, to me falling in love with wrestling. But the older I get and the more I look back on old clips, and I watch old stuff just way too much. Um, the more I realize that, like Lance Russell was the reason why I fell in love with wrestling, and I don't—I'm not just saying that, you know—as a means of eulogy, but he had more to do with it, or as much to do with it as anybody outside of Lawler, probably. I mean, he was just such an important figure. Um, and he's not—I mean, and and I mean—if you ask me, he's the best that ever did it. But he filled a role that a lot of you know the sort of regional promotions, uh, the, all, a lot of the regional promotions in that era kind of had the spot for the local, I mean, often a local weatherman, local newsman, just local personality that that brought a sort of legitimacy to the to the product because, you know, he's they're a sportscaster in their day job, whatever. So now this is a, this is a it, it makes it feel real. But also what Lance Russell did better than anybody else was he just had, he was just indignant to, about all of the heel shenanigans. I mean, and it what and he was very rarely physically threatened or appeared physically threatened, although he would back the F off a lot, but he would, but he would just like throw up his hands and like just disgust, just like, come on, come on, Jimmy Hart. You can't do that. Come on, come on, shock not Shockmaster, master. Uh, uh, you know, come on, Dutch Mantel. Come on, whoever it was. There's just, uh, come on, dream machine. <laughs> One of my favorites.
2: There's a good poll for you. Um, well, that's the job of the announcer. You know, I think that's, that's why kids have, like if you grew up watching wrestling as a child, you have your favorite announcer because they're the ones that pull you into the story and make it real and make it have stakes. The wrestlers do a big part of that just with their facials and their moves and their character. But the, the announcer is the voice in your head. He's your he or she, I guess, is um, your surrogate in the story. Yeah, and he was,
1: I mean, he he worked with Dave Brown as his, as his uh, like, co-pilot for a long time. But in a lot of ways, he was a sort of one-man show. I mean, he, doing all the different elements of the hosting and the calling the matches and interviewing people. Um, and, I mean, I bring that up because he was in WCW briefly. And a lot of people listening to this might have only seen him at that. But he, he was just, he was out of his element. I mean, he did fine work there. But he was almost like, you know the MC of a vaudeville show when he was in Memphis, he had to do all this different stuff and he did it all with such a Um, plumb. WCW, it was just impossible to convey how great he was. I actually wrote, but weirdly, I mean, this sounds a little bit dark, but I wrote about him in 2013 briefly when I went down to Memphis to watch Jerry Lawler's um, first you know, indie match after his heart attack. And I was just like, you know, I, this is it was such a weird thing that he was getting back in the ring that I had to go see it and write about it. And I wrote this long piece back at Grantland called Life and Death in Sugar Ditch Alley. And it was sort of about facing mortality. And I opened the piece when I walked into the casino where they were having this thing in Tunica, Mississippi, which is basically like Memphis's gambling suburb. Um, I walked in. The first thing I saw was Lance Russell just like, he was kind of shrunken with old age sitting in a folding chair at a table everybody kind of just like gathered around but at a safe distance to sort of like holy shit that's lance russell i can't believe he's still alive i mean that's because he was such, he was you know back in the 70s and 80s i mean he was he was probably you know every 45 year old looked like they were 80 you know i mean it was just a different different era but um but yeah he was he was just such a legend and he made everything Uh, I mean, he, he, like I said, he helped me fall in love with professional wrestling and, uh, and I love him and hate him for that. So I'm just kidding. I mostly love him. I almost entirely love him.
2: Wrestling fandom is a curse is what you're saying. Okay. Not at all. That's, that's, it's, it's a wonderful
1: blessing. Um, but yeah, man, Lance Russell, go just, just Google, just go on the YouTube and look up Lance Russell interviewing anybody. Uh, and just, it just indulge in it it's it's a really he has such a perfect voice um and he's just, he was just he was just the best man he was the we've best
2: we've lost a lot of the the classic announcers uh, of our childhood so my question to you is who's the best who's the greatest of all time i think he was the best but better than gorilla better than jr better than gordon Soly. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to give you a chance to sort of like let your thoughts marinate. You know, I mean, I just really wish
1: I've said this before, but I wish that WWE would let different voices have. And I mean, I don't know why they don't why they don't book the announced teams like a real professional sport. Just have 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 a stable of 10 people all with varying ages, varying styles, varying whatever, and just throw them out there for different nights. Just like. I mean, I know that you can find out who's calling every game, especially in football. You know, you know what the Tony Romo game is or whatever. But like, I just I, I don't pay attention to that stuff so much. So when I like turn on a basketball game, I I love it when it's just like, oh, I an eagle, you know,
2: and I'm just sort of excited to see him because I hadn't really thought that through ahead of time. You know, well, back in the day with WWF, you would sometimes get, oh, it's a Vince McMahon show it's a gorilla yeah. show. You know, that that kind of variation was fun. Personally, my, Pat,
1: Pat Patterson's doing color commentary, yeah, oh and, I, and I don't no. know what's happening. Uh
2: yeah. Personally, my favorite of all time, Mike Adamley. I mean, I think you would probably agree that he's on the Mount Rushmore. I don't know how, how I left him out when the,
1: like, when I was talking about uh, no the other week when I was talking about like the 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 Goldberg and all the other like you know, potential mainstream crossover people. Wow. That Uh, was a mistake. His name is Jeff Harvey. But anyway, the point of that was to say, I would, I would love to live in a world in a magical, imaginary wrestling world. where, like, you know, it was like where it was like one of those old superstars. Tapings where, like match to match. It was like Lance Russell and Dave Roberts calling one. And then gorilla and, and Bobby, the brain calling the next one. And I mean, Jr and King calling the one after that. I mean, we've had, we've been blessed with so many great announcers over the years. Um, but the best is Tom Phillips.
2: <laughs> you couldn't pull one worse than Adam Lee, could you? Tom Phillips is great. No, Tom Phillips is really good. Um, yeah,
1: I was watching uh, Wrestling on Hulu the other day and like left the room and it cycled automatically to an old episode of NXT that he was calling and he, was just, he looked really young. Anyway, uh, but Tom Phillips is good, man. Yeah. That voice coming out of that body sometimes, especially the unbearded... Like you baby face version yeah. of him is very funny. He was
2: great on Raw this week, which we should talk about now, huh? I really, I, that was the
1: the high, the, like the weird, the highest moment of Raw for me, and no disrespect to Michael Cole, but was like me feeling like, holy shit, Michael Cole got fired for the first like <laughs> five seconds of Raw. Uh,
2: unlike you, I, I, I obsessively look at wrestling news on the internet, so I knew he was not going to be there. Was he, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, his, his kid's getting married or graduating from something. Hmm culinary school or or uh, I don't know. That's a wide think, variety of <laughs> options there. I think it was a wedding, but don't quote me on that because Lord knows someone's going to tell me, no, man. Um, it, was a, it was a traffic ticket. He had to appear in court.
1: After it turned out that uh, Tom was just there for one night only, a one night stand, if you will, the show opened with Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins. Some might say a WrestleMania caliber match <laughs> as the show opener on Raw. Uh, it was a really fun match. I I don't know that I would say they had great chemistry, but I was excited to see the match, and it was it was very interesting that they just put Braun over.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that they obviously see what we see in that. Oh, if you're gonna have Braun Strowman lose Clean to One F Five, you got to do some triage work with him the next couple weeks and make him a you know a, a scary figure again, make him look larger than life. So why not have him squash these two guys who, quite frankly, can easily take a pinfall and it not be a big deal. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I didn't think there was anything wrong booking wise about it at all. I was, I was not, I was not, uh, I was more surprised that, than anything that they would just go with a clean finish. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a good
2: look. I think it's a, it's interesting to watch that as a potential preview of how Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar will work from a storytelling standpoint and from just a physicality standpoint because they're you know, similar body types. Uh, Finn and uh, Seth Rollins have similar move sets in a lot of ways. So hopefully that they, they can have the sling a match. blade. Sling blade. Yeah, they share that move, which is very rare in professional wrestling to share a move like that uh, in the same company. So maybe maybe we'll see something on that level or, or slightly better. We'll see. Um, are they fighting at TLC? That is the rumor. Okay. we can. I'm
1: glad that you're staying on top of these
2: maybe things. Maybe we'll have an opportunity to find out. From a source, I'm just saying maybe.
1: maybe. There's, there's
2: tune in, a, tune in next week, and you maybe, maybe we'll ask a question of someone who might know the answer to that question. Um,
1: I, I just Elias Titus. I mean, stop me. I'm just going to run down the cards. That's stop fine. me when you want to say something. Hey, Elias man, sure. defeated Titus O'Neil. Mickey James defeated uh, Nia. Let me via say, DQ. T-
2: Titus uh, wrestling again just reminds me of the kind of odd proportions of his body. Yeah. He's got a big butt, which I can uh, appreciate as a fellow big butt owner. Mm-hmm. Um but he just looks kind of lopy and like not coordinated in the ring, which is weird for someone who is an athlete. Yeah.
1: I don't I don't ever see Also not enough he needs some like more padding. He needs more
2: clothing on. Yeah. I think he needs immaculate pants. physique. Yeah, he needs some pants. Some guys need pants. Uh even bicycle shorts would be uh, an improvement on the uh, the tidy. Tightest, tidy whities and elbow pads. Elbow pads. You gotta have yeah. something on, or you look naked. Yeah, uh, I think he should really just focus on being a manager. I think he's good at that, uh, which is strange. Funny, I like him. I promo. like him managing little guys. Uh, I always had a bias
1: against taller managers. With but, but talking about Memphis earlier, but Robert Fuller back in the day, known as Colonel Robert Parker in WCW.
2: Yeah, and then he was uh, like General Lee or something Cause well, he was Jeff. W- yeah, he was Jeff Jarrett's manager. Were whatever agent uh Tennessee Lee no it's Robert Parker in WWE right
1: Tennessee Lee and WCW no I think he was Tennessee Lee and WWF it doesn't matter he's always uh he's always Robert Fuller hey
2: tweet at us at mass man show and tell us who's wrong I have the
1: Wikipedia page open so I don't really know why I'm not just I don't know either um but I always thought he was a terrible. I was not terrible. He was very, he was a very, very good manager. But I was always, I, I always had a, a, you know, a bug in my ass about him because he like towered over everybody that he was managing and made them look, you know, less significant.
2: Well, yeah. The classic manager is someone like the Grand Wizard or Bobby Heenan who looks uh, Jimmy like Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Who looks like a pipsqueak. Yeah. Um, Enzo
1: Amore. But I do like. I do, I do like Titus. It, it make it's less problematic when the dudes you're managing are like cruiserweights.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't bother me. I no. think it's kind of a good look when he comes out with uh, Apollo Cruz or you know with Tazawa kind of or whoever. Jump to the end. Why wasn't yeah.
1: Apollo Cruz? Why wasn't Apollo Cruz the new cruiserweight competition for Enzo? I know that he's like too big a little bit, but come on, who cares?
2: I think they have other plans for him. I do feel like. Kalisto was a massive letdown and everybody on the internet has agreed with me. It was this the was worst. Like, you can't put that in the main event segment and then just be like oh I got a big surprise for you. You know who the surprise is? This guy who's been jobbing every week to everyone. And, Former United States champion. Yeah. It just doesn't... No. No. Who no. should they have brought in in that spot? I heard a lot of people say "Oh, call up Roderick Strong or something. I don't know. But if Roddy's, Roddy's not done in NXT yet.
1: That'll be a really interesting transition to the main roster. Gargano? Oh, yeah, Gargano would have been. But Gargano has that money fee with Ciampa that he's got it. Yeah, do. and I don't think, I think you sit on all of those guys. I think, I mean, those, everyone, a lot of the NXT performers are on the smaller side, but I think you, I think we need to wait to see how this whole cruiserweight thing shakes out a little bit before we decide that like all of these, we're
2: just going to publicly admit that they're all under 200 pounds. So what you're basically saying is Kalisa was the best option because you can't go sign somebody who might end up being someone that you want to use on the main roster if the cruiserweight thing doesn't work. You use somebody you've already got who's not doing anything. I think the problem is you put it in the main event section of the show. That's what I'm talking about. You this is it's a great angle, but it's
1: not but the angle should have been you you save that angle for when you have like, ricochet under contract or something, you know? You, like, save that angle for when you're, like... like, I mean, even if you, like... I'm trying to think all the... Like, who who does TNA still have? Like, Like, sign Eddie Edwards, hell. I don't even know if he's under 200 pounds, but... Or under 205.
2: I mean, a lot of those guys are leaving Impact right now. So there's people in the ecosystem that you could sign. I think the problem is we, as the television audience, are perplexed why they're doing these like, weak kind of Cruiserweight 205 Live angles at the end of the show. But when you look at the ratings, the the final segment has a huge drop-off no matter what they put there. So I think they're just going to start putting sillier things that don't really fit in the main event slot in the main event. The main event. event is now 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. So this, I can it, stop watching after that? I, I mean, you should. Yeah. If you like good wrestling... I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's not. It's not that bad, but you can see that they're not emphasizing that third hour as much
1: yeah i mean they've been doing it for a long time and if but and it feels it, i mean it feels cool when the you know like last month when the ron ambrose stuff was do- happening in the quote unquote main event but they were putting the lesnar strowman stuff on at 10 o'clock i mean it 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 feels good when you it, it's a good way to like hype a secondary thing and make it feel like a big deal but this was just a weird choice to have this the like it, this was really like the payoff of this Angle, I mean, it's a two-week, whatever. Two weeks? Was it one week ago that Enzo got beat up by everybody? Or two weeks ago? Last week he got beat up by everybody. Anyway, why did that happen off the air if you're just going to put it in the storyline, if you're going to like air video of it the next week? It's just for the live crowd. I don't know. No, but it's not. It's for everybody. We all saw video of it this week. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm willing to book the cruiserweight division, WWE. Um just give me lots of money. <laughs> uh
2: it was probably a terrible idea anyway. Um Mickey James Nia Jax. Mickey James is a very good wrestler. Mickey James's gimmick of being an old crone is kind of strange. It's funny. I said last week that the valet
1: was not a big fan, and the valet actually took exception to that. Um but she made a really good point. It's good. It's good to watch. I mean, I you know made this point a million times over the years. It's fun to watch wrestling with someone who's not as in, in as deep as you are, because sometimes the thing. And, and honestly, sometimes she'll say stuff, and I'll just be like dismissive of it, you know, just because I'm a jerk. But that I can attest in to. In my head, I'm dismissive, not not openly always. Sometimes, uh, but. Sometimes she'll say stuff, and, and then I think about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's exactly right. Her, point, her problem with Mickey James is, and it's actually the same problem with the Hardy Boys, because the Valley did watch wrestling growing up, but was out during the Attitude Era, um, just not paying attention. And now she's back, and she's just like, like I understand that these are wrestlers from a bygone era that people care about. I don't know why I should care about them. And it's totally true. It's like the the only justification for, well, all of the three wrestlers I just mentioned wearing... Bell bottoms is because they can't. It's to evoke their previous run, right? Right. Like everybody else's ring gear changes on a yearly basis. These guys, these guys and gal are still wearing the same clothes that they wore back in the day, the same look. And I, I don't know. Like nostalgia is not a gimmick, right? Nostalgia is a way to pop the crowd, but nostalgia is not a gimmick unless you're the young bucks and you're getting sued by WWE for your uh, gimmick nostalgia. But, um. I it just it's true. Like Mickey James being
2: old is like sort of an angle. Not really, but because uh, if the point is to get sympathy, then you've done the wrong thing because I'm not going to be like, "Oh, I really want Mickey James to beat up Alexa Bliss because Alexa called her old." Like that I I don't see how There's I'm not supposed, much there, but there's yeah.
1: more there than there was. That the, before that it was like she's a wrestler you may have heard of.
2: <laughs> well, she came back uh, after having that great match with Asuka at a yeah. Takeover, comes back, is revealed to be working with Alexa Bliss to wrest the SmackDown Women's Title from Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. So she's serving a purpose and giving a rub to Alexa Bliss, yep. uh, an on on the rise, up and coming character. Well, then they break up for no reason because Mickey wants the belt. They didn't really do anything with that storyline. It didn't yeah. go anywhere. They kind of rebooted it a little bit when they both ended up on Raw. Or they alluded to it. Yeah, and now it's not talked about at all. Mickey James is not on TV for weeks at a time. They send her out to get no reaction, and now the idea that they have to make her interesting is to say she's old when she very clearly looks better than seventy percent of the women in the country, and she's oh, a great I wrestler say on the
1: roster. More than seventy percent of the country.
2: Yeah, have but you go on. have you been to let's say Wyoming recently? No, I'm just saying she looks better than 90% of the women in the country. Okay, there you go. Sure. Whatever the number is. You know, women uh, women would would love to and they pay good money to look like Mickey James does at her age. So, why, why is this the story? Why is this the story? I don't story? know, man. I, I it's it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. You, you can
1: say you're past your prime without like working the pins into the gimmick. Yeah. It's it's really silly. Uh although I you know, it'd be interesting to see if like old woman strength exists like old man strength does. <laughs> Like she just like puts, she can just put people in a headlock and it's over.
2: She's like the Gerald Briscoe exactly. of the women's division. Yeah,
1: you can't take her down.
2: Yeah, she's just gonna hook you, man. Forget about it. You're done. Tap All right, out. All right, we got
1: to move on. Yeah, uh, Gallows and Anderson defeated Matt Hardy and Jason Jordan. Matt Hardy tweeted that he's uh, on the verge of a change of some sort.
2: Do you care about this? I'm sure he'll change his Twitter handle. Yeah, that's probably. I don't true. think there's any plans for him to do anything while Jeff's gone. Except I really don't. team
1: with Jason Jordan teaming
2: with Jason Jordan and maybe you know them going on the road together and Matt Hardy telling him what's what that's it I don't I don't think there's anything this is really tough just
1: because Hardy and Jordan are both heels like their bet their be, best use separate I mean Matt Hardy separate from Jeff only works as a heel yeah and Jason Jordan is working heel that'd be interesting to see where they go um the next segment was the Dana Warrior thing. Do you even want to talk about this? No. Nope. The internet was really mad about the warrior being held up as a paragon of virtue.
2: Let me just say this one thing and then we'll move on because we have so much to cover. I don't want to spend a bunch of time talking about the Good. ultimate fucking warrior. There's a difference, objective difference between the ultimate warrior, the character, and the man who changed his name to warrior to circumvent copyright law. Mm-hmm. The ultimate warrior, the creation of Vince McMahon, is a paragon of virtue. I get that. I get using the character as a symbol of fighting breast cancer. That doesn't have to include Jim Hellwig saying homophobic or racist things. You know, it's like saying, oh, you know, you can't really, uh, you know, be into, uh, let's say, Superman because Henry Cavill has a bunch of open parking tickets he hasn't dealt with. Or he said something maybe you don't agree. Um, Whatever it is. Like Superman... Los Angeles DMV may disagree with that, but go ahead. Okay, okay. It's a, it's a bad analogy.
1: It but is. You, you understand my point, yeah. right? Yeah, people are comparing him to Hulk Hogan and that the fact is if Warrior were alive and actively saying homophobic things right now on YouTube on a daily, weekly basis, then this award would no longer exist. Right. Or it would be tabled just like Hogan's you know, semi-involvement with WWE is for the moment. He'll be back. He'll be back. Um, And, but you know, what you can't get back is all the time you spend complaining and drawing false parallels on Reddit. Yeah. So let's move on. Okay. Was Bray Wyatt wearing Joker makeup in his promo this week? I'm pretty
2: sure that that was an overlay, like a like a. Well, it
1: was a hard cut, like it. Well, they not a hard cut. It was a fade, but it was just a different moment. Like they, it wasn't just an overlay. I thought they put a graphic over him. Oh, maybe that was it. I but thought like that there's they, a spirit inside of him. Well, uh,
2: his uh, his ghost sister is alive. Yeah, and well, so there are two schools of thought here on what he's talking about. School of thought number one says. There's an actual Sister Abigail, they're debuting a character at the pay-per-view that's going to interfere in the match. That's School of Thought number one. School of Thought number two uh, comes from uh, Ryan Satin, our friend from Pro Wrestling Sheet, who has reported that what's actually going to happen, and this is, I think, supported by what was on the screen, is that Bray Wyatt is going to come out in the match in face paint and a costume as Sister Abigail. In drag? In drag? Or is Essentially, is that second- I mean, not really, because I don't think, I mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you, how do you respond and deal with that? And what do you call him? Is he sister Abigail? Do you still call him Bray Wyatt? Is he playing a lady?
1: Well, okay. There's I, so, so Sage Beckett from NXT is tweeting things about uh, that allude to her involvement. Right. So that throws. I would think Bray Wyatt and drag as like a Bates Motel gimmick could be the greatest thing ever.
2: I think that's what's going to happen. Ryan has been right about a lot he, of things.
1: When he, when they did that that thing where he like all of a sudden was in, I mean it remind it was so bad. I think they should just make Bray Wyatt campy. I mean they just make it make it trash. It's because it's it's at least it's entertaining. But it remind it, the first thing my mind went to and it, is when um. Is back in like twenty years ago when Marlena on Days of Our Lives
2: was possessed by the demon. Do you, does any do you have any idea what this is? Days of Our Lives. Yeah, the the soap opera. No man, I was watching cartoons when I was a kid. I wa- wasn't watching soap operas. Well,
1: we can run a clip of this. But Marlena <laughs> okay. was was uh, was possessed. we
2: oh, talking about Marlena, Marlena, like Terry Runnels. No, 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 no. There's a character on the show called the main Marlena. character
1: for years on Days of on Days, as we call it. Holy shit, was possessed. This is fucked. Uh, You're really revealing some stuff I don't want to know about. I I think I've come I think I've been open about this. Did you before. watch
2: Passions too? That was the one with the vampires, I right? I did,
1: I did briefly cuz that was the God. era that I was m- watching Days of Our Lives most regularly. <laughs> I'm trying to think when it was. It was like it would have been like the summer after freshman year of college or something when I just had jack to do and I was like at home at noon.
2: You weren't watching Sport Center? I'm no, not saying that the, the watching, watching soap in. operas is like a terrible thing. It's just a strange sort of throwbacky choice.
1: It had a very strange currency in my circle of friends in Texas, circa wow. early
2: mid '90s. I'm glad we're capturing this moment on video so you can all see <laughs> David Shoemaker's into soap operas. All I'm saying is let Bray be campy, okay? Let's
1: not let's stop taking him so seriously. Let him be camp, and if he comes out and drag. Oh, that's great news. I
2: think it's going to be a terrible decision. Wait, is this at TLC?
1: Yeah, probably. So not Brock Lesnar versus Bray. I, I guess mean versus versus. Yeah, I guess Finn. that's.
2: A, I think Survivor Series actually is what the Finn Balor match is supposed to be. All right. Anyway, the Shield. Shall we talk about the Shield? That's where we got to go. Um, at the end of Raw,
1: after Roman Reigns got beat up by, uh, the Miz and the Bar. Which, Mm -hmm. by the way, I really hope that we are going to get a little push for the Miz out of this, but I guess (laughs) not. They're going to get
2: pushed off the stage, (laughs) literally. Pushed away,
1: (laughs) so the bar could come in and take their place. Yeah. By the way, Cesaro has had every accoutrement in the history of wrestling gimmicks over his not too long run in WWE. Kinesio tape, elbow pads, now the mouth guard. Beret. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, the mouth guard is the one I actually like. Yeah, that's a good look for him. It makes him look tougher. Get the it's Kinesio like, tape the hell out of here. He's like
2: TNA-era Kurt Angle with that stuff in his mouth. It's yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, it's really good. Although, I don't think I would go with black because that makes it look like you have no teeth. Mm, red. Red and black. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they came out. They helped uh, the, Miz in the Miz. The Miz had a match against Roman Reigns for the IC title. They came out and helped The Miz beat up Roman Reigns. Then later in the night... Um, Roman was sitting backstage and was joined in the locker room by his former SHIELD mates, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, in reverse chronological order. Um, Are you excited
2: for a SHIELD reunion? Like a lot of people, I imagine that it would be a bigger angle, that it would involve, you know, a, a, a counter force on their level, you know, something like the club. AJ Styles or Finn Balor with Mm -hmm. Gallows and Anderson and, oh, we gotta get the gang back together or, uh, you know, an NWO uh, reunion and then you have a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion or, you know, something similar to what they did with Evolution where the S.H.I.E.L.D. and Evolution had their, their feud. But, I think there's a potential to do some fun storytelling with these three guys being back together. It gives Rollins and Ambrose something to do at the top of the card. It will give roman reigns hopefully a little bit of that babyface shine that he so badly needs going into wrestlemania people were cheering for him in that match people popped for him yeah well the miz is good at being a heel he is unless your name is jason jordan in which case you get booed i agree with you i think that the
1: i think i said last week it's weird that the I, I, by all means take all of your best ideas and just like do them you know especially when there's nothing else to do of urgency with these characters. It is weird that it feels like, you know, a merch grab, like an old DX reunion or whatever, you know? I mean, it's not, it, it doesn't feel like this is the moment. I'm not sure why there are other, why Ambrose and Ron's didn't help Roman when he was getting beat down, although I guess they have to have a conversation about their friendship first. Well,
2: technically they were hurt pretty bad uh, from the beatdown. The previous beatdown at the, at the right. beginning of the show, so they had injuries. Of course, when they do show up at the end to tease the fist thing, the trifist, they're fine. The trifist? Yeah, well, that's what I call it. The trifist. All right, the, the triforce from Zelda, but with fists. Right. Um, yeah.
1: No, I'm excited about it. I think we should just take Survivor Series, throw the old the old premise out the window and just make it like a tournament of three person teams. What if we made it
2: a lethal lottery with a battle bowl (laughs) and at the end, you get a ring, like an actual ring on your hand. No, no. You don't like that. Missy Hyatt can come out. We already, we have so many good balls out of a thing. We have
1: so many good trios now. It's true. We got, uh, we got the S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. we got the Miz Miz and the Miztourage, uh, we can do the Bullet Club, or sorry, the club, mm-hmm. the Balor Club, whatever they were doing. It's easy to put these things together, and three-man teams are interesting. The Hardy Boys and Jason Jordan when, when Jeff comes back. Yeah. You could even, like, reunite DX. Just get, like, Sean and Triple H and X-Pac out there. Just have some throwbacks, let's, too. Let's
2: not ever
1: reunite DX again. Team WCW could be, like, Booker T and Buff
2: Bagwell <laughs> and Goldberg. One of those guys doesn't fit on the team. I'll let you guess which one. (laughs) Um.
1: Yeah, yeah. Buff Bagwell seems to be doing very well for himself these days.
2: Um, Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's exciting. It's exciting to have him back together. This is a good. This is a cool moment to do it. It's a good angle. As good as it can be knowing that there wasn't a lot of, I guess, foreshadowing or pre-planning and this is, of this, listen, this is the, it is what it is.
1: This is the problem, too, when you when you wait too long on your... I mean, it's we're going to see it at, you know, Roman Reigns winning the belt at WrestleMania this year, but you wait too long on these, like, pipe dream booking ideas, and there's just no way to do them right. Yeah. You know? I mean, Even that, the
2: triple threat, I, I wasn't in love with that match. I don't think that they've done the story of the Shield as well as they could have, but that's what we do. We, we fantasy book and we second guess. So. Well... Ambrose was on a different show for a while. Well, they had it right. They had the triple threat and then the, the show split happened. You know what I right. mean? Yeah, no. They, they,
1: if, if that had been their number one booking decision, like booking priority, they could have done it well. But instead, they're thinking we're going to have the shield triple threat at WrestleMania next year. That falls through for a million reasons. Then they're like, well, let's do it a year from now. And then injury, whatever. It's just impossible to, to like, just do it. You got to yeah. do it. If it doesn't work, you can't wait a year for WrestleMania. Anyway, enough about Raw.
2: Let's talk about the uh, pay-per-view quality WrestleMania-worthy matches on Hell in a Cell coming up, huh? But before
1: we make our predictions for Hell in a Cell, let's take a quick break.
0: Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Wanted to make sure you were listening to the Bill Simmons podcast this year. We stepped it up with the guests. I don't even have time to list all of them, but let's just say we have had who's who of A-listers, A-minus listers, B-plus listers in sports, pop culture, movies, music. I mean, where else can you get Kevin Durant, Steve Ballmer, Jimmy Iovine, and Charlize Theron in the span of six weeks? Nowhere. The answer is nowhere. You can find that literally nowhere other than the Bill Simmons Podcast. We're in year 11. It's been an honor to do it. Hope you subscribe to the Bill Simmons Podcast. Check it out, Warden. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Let's just go right to the hell, the the hell, the most hellish part of the hell. (laughs) Yes, let's let's please. Shane McMahon, uh, I they they they, the go home show of Smackdown this week ended with um, Shane coming to the ring to call out Kevin Owens. Owens appeared in the crowd. Shane uh, Owens then left. Shane chased him into the the mezzanine and Owens sneak attacked and beat him up very weakly power bombed him through a merch table that seemed to be made entirely out of t-shirts. And then they ended up then he went back to the ring. Shane follows him to the ring, you know, bloodied and battered. And uh then Owens beats him up some more.
2: Yeah, I mean it is what it is. It's a it's a classic Shane McMahon uh pay-per-view go home show sort of deal where they do a bunch of crazy spots to tease the fact that there will be more crazy spots if you subscribe to the WWE Network. One thing I really loved about that segment, not on purpose. There was, did you see the the gif of the lady shaking her butt in Shane McMahon's face? No. When he was walking to... Okay, check it out. It's on Twitter. I will retweet it from the source. Yeah, I forget what the that source was. But... Yeah, this, this lady was just, like, taking a selfie and twerking as Shane McMahon is stumbling down the steps on his way back to the ring That's after fantastic. being beaten
1: senseless. The world needs, I mean, WWE, the wrestling world needs more more twerking selfies. Um, let me, let's run down this card really quick. I'll, I'm going to make you make some picks. I'll make some
2: picks. I'm happy to make picks. Cause. and.
1: Now, our, now that our picks are being circulated by the Ringer's Twitter account occasionally or on a regular basis now, we have to uh, take these a little bit more seriously.
2: Okay, I'm, I plan on it. Just call me the Swami. If Twitter, and if I can't call myself the Swami, call me the living legend. Okay, I'm the living legend. But you can kicking. call
1: yourself the living legend? I mean, Larry Zabisco did it.
2: Yeah, but I'm taking his gimmick now. I'm stealing his gimmick.
1: Just like he stole Bruno San Martino's. There you go. Um, the New Day versus The Usos for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship inside Hell
2: in a Cell. Who you got? Well, first of all, I think this is going to be a match of the year candidate. I think it's going to be (sighs) match of the night. I'm done. done. You
1: can't say that. It's just, that's a curse at this point. But
2: go ahead. Okay, okay. Look, man, you told me to take this seriously. I'm telling you what I really feel. You gotta have the new day retain the belts. Because this is the blow-off. This is the end. This is the last one. They've been saying it's the end. And you can't have the heels go over. That's just not how wrestling... Logic works. It's going to piss a lot of people off if they lose.
1: Yeah. Um, Wrestling logic may or may not apply. I'm going to go with the Usos because I think that they, I have no idea where the tag division goes from here, but the Usos have to be in it and the New Day could, you know,
2: go on just to greener pastures. Well, someone's getting a push, most likely, um, piggybacking off of the fashion files Reveal at the Mm pay-per-view Whoever the assailants were So they'll probably end up beating Fashion police and going on To challenging the New Day for the belts I could be wrong, though. I've been wrong before. Yeah. Well, we've got Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin.
1: We've got the hype bros, who I guess are heels at this point. I mean, they're fighting on the pre show, but I, I feel like Gable and Benjamin are in line. That makes more sense for those. So it's also the fashion files thing. Yeah, it could be. They could go some different directions. I just don't think it's not set in stone. All right. Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler singles match. Dolph has promised an entrance uh, of wh- like which the wrestling world has never seen. It's got to be the silent entrance. That's the only that would thing be, they could I do. would mark out for that.
2: Because that's what I think his entrance should be going forward is we've established he hates. hes to spotlight. Just let him walk it the Absolutely hates sports entertainment. Can't friggin' stand it. So totally bare bones. Nothing. He just comes out. And hopefully the sound of the audience booing him will be his soundtrack. I got Bobby Roode in this. There's no way he's losing. Forget about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have Bobby Roode. I have Bobby Roode. Yeah, I, I got to go with Roode too. I'm, I I I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that they ha- I hope that they that this is actually means something for Dolph Ziggler. But if history has proven anything, it's that it will not nope. mean anything. Nope. AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin for the
2: U.S. Championship. Okay, so Baron Corbin loses to Ty Dillinger. Yes. Who is jobber to the stars? Basically, yes. I love I love Ty Dillinger, but his job is to always lose and keep trying and keep persevering in the same way that someone like a Sami Zayn or Daniel Bryan or whoever in the past has filled that role. That means my man's going over my man. I think so Baron too. Corbin's getting the strap. I think that we're going. Yeah. I think that that's what I was saying
1: when I was watching it last night. Baron Corbin wins. AJ Styles will you know, get a meaningless rematch on an episode of SmackDown. I think we're, I think that we're moving to AJ, moving AJ back into the title picture. Jinder Mahal. Yep. I could even see Jinder Mahal and Nakamura and AJ in a triple threat, but we definitely need to get, we definitely need to, to get some of the established name, an established name and, and, you know, uh, consistent work rate back into the WWE championship, universal cha- or sorry, WWE championship picture. Yeah. Um, so we we both got Baron Corbin in that Natalia versus Charlotte. I'm excited about this one.
2: Cash in time. I think it's too early for Charlotte to win the belt.
1: I think I think if they're smart, they'll run this program until WrestleMania. But but um, so I'm going to go with Charlotte just because I think this is going to be a belt. Sw- I am I am I foresee a belt swapping you know back and forth trade off scenario. Charlotte will
2: be in the title match at WrestleMania. The question is, does she have the belt at WrestleMania or does she win the belt at WrestleMania? My feeling is she comes in the challenger. Unless, unless Ronda Rousey is the direction that they go, in which case she's got to carry the belt. But I don't think this is the moment to give her the title because they just brought her back. She's got this great story about her dad and they've really made her, you know, a baby face that people can get behind. But she's so good at pay-per-views. That's true. I'm going with Natalia uh, right. winning, but then Carmella cashing in on Natalia. All right. I, th- I, I would enjoy Actually, that. I take that back. Oh, Charlotte no. wins, and Carmella cashes cashes in on her because I think they're going to probably do a thing where Charlotte wins like 12 or 13, get to 16-time mm. women's See, champion game. there you go. So you're yeah. on your Charlotte now. I'm on Charlotte winning the belt, and then Carmella cashing in. Um... We're only disagreeing
1: so far on the tag team match. Is that correct? Yeah. Randy Orton versus Rusev. Forgot this was on the card. So did WWE. <laughs> Shit, we gotta have a match for
2: Randy. Um, no, Rusev's been great. Rusev's been a little bit funny, and I mean, it's I love Rusev. I think he's a great character. I think he has a lot of potential to do, like you said, funny things. This is just not the angle or the feud to continue pushing that narrative. So I think Randy yeah. Orton wins again. This time in a longer match than thirty seconds. I think, for the sake of disagreement, I'm going to go
1: with uh, with Rusev.
2: I thought you were taking this seriously. You're just disagreeing. You're I just don't have. I don't really
1: have a strong opinion on this match. No so one does. I'm going to just take the opposite. Okay. Just for you know potential bragging rights, um, Junior Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a singles match for the WWE Championship. Not in the cell. It, nor should it be.
2: Well, I have heard people say, and I, I forget what podcast it was. It could have been the Cyrus and Lance Storm podcast. Someone said this. Could have been Meltzer. Who cares? It wasn't this podcast, but it you will be now. You just make up a podcast, and I wouldn't know any better. If you're like, I don't, I, yeah, I think it was the.
1: Uh, it might have been the Eugene and Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> podcast. I don't know that, and I would. Have it been was like,
2: Duke the Dumpster Drosy yeah. and Colonel Robert Parker. They have their own podcast. No, so someone mentioned that this is the one match that should be in the cell because the whole story is about the Singh brothers interfering yep. and how do you keep them out yep but it's not in the cell I don't think it should be because I don't want to see that match it would be terrible yeah I guess Jinder Mahal keeps the belt the India tour is coming up unless you do the you do a, a, a quick switch here hot to shot it on
1: onto- to make him the and then have him win the belt back in yeah, india. Yeah, well, that's what we were saying a month ago, I feel like. But yeah. I don't know if Nakamura is that guy, but maybe.
2: Maybe so. Maybe that's Nakamura the coming in with the belt on the India tour and promoting the fact that they're going to have this big rematch that you're not going to be able to see on TV. You got to see it live. Yeah, it's weird. You know,
1: we were talking about this. I don't think I don't remember if it was on the show or, or off the show. We're talking about how they book their book, like they present gender as a babyface in on the like the Punjabi broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Which is a little bit mind-boggling because he's not it'd be one thing if it was like like Team Can or like the pro Canadian Bret Hart, where he's like he's a jerk, but he's just a guy he's he's just a guy standing with his friends and saying some stuff. I mean, I guess they were they were doing heels tactics back then too so maybe it's a, a silly point but the Singh brothers interfering in all your matches does not work for a baby face
2: well we we're gonna see soon how he comports himself in India because we they're got already, to see Bret Hart go already hearing it
1: that way I do think it's I do think that Nakamura I do think it's worth noting just because Nakamura and Orton before him are easy to convey as heels if you want to have a, a, a broadcast that can work either way um, in different markets but The Jinder Mahal thing is a part that I don't get because he's not because he's he's like 75 percent. You can understand how they present him as a baby face. And then the Singh brothers are out
2: running around like cheating for him. Well, I mean, maybe they just edit that out. (laughs) No, they air them live. I think Bret Hart had plenty of uh, heelish tactics at his disposal when he was a heel. In America and Babyface in Canada. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe maybe you just you're want just to get not a remembering bit. correctly.
1: Maybe there's is maybe the Punjabi announcers are just doing the Bobby the Brain Heenan thing where they're just like, thank God the Singh brothers are here to write the to to even the odds with yeah. all that cheating that Nakamura has been exactly. doing. Exactly. Um, Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens Falls Count Anywhere Hell in a Cell, which is I don't know. It was necessary to add the Falls Count Anywhere stipulation.
2: It's necessary because. The finish is clearly going to take place outside of the cell. But you couldn't, couldn't it ab- already happen? No. No. It has to be in the cell. They're they're telegraphing the fact that this, the fall will take place outside the ring. In a merch table. Somewhere. Yeah. And then, yeah, the angle on SmackDown was like, there's going to be a bunch of Gaga nonsense outside of the ring and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, clearly. This is one of those weird, like, we
1: we thought of a finish two weeks too late and now have to retroactively make like book it into the program. Uh, But shouldn't the falls count anywhere. Hell in a cell match. Just
2: be called the hell outside of the cell. Hell is everywhere around. you. Just hell. You live in hell right now. (laughs) There's no limit to the hell. Yeah. Yeah. The hell takes place inside the cell, outside the cell, in the bathroom, at the merch table, in the parking lot. When you go back home, everywhere, it's terrible. Um,
1: Although Shane did sentence, in his own words, sentence Kevin Owens to hell in a cell. Or the cell, if that might have been what he said. But regardless. He
2: sentenced him to hell in the cell. He's messing with his own sentencing at this point. Yes. What do you think the finish is going to be? We're going to get another elbow drop, probably. There'll be an elbow drop somewhere. Maybe he'll miss and Owens will finish him off. Maybe Triple H comes back. People have been rumored, or have been throwing around rumors that really? is that Triple H is going to involve himself in this angle at some point. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Are we gonna get are we, are we shooting for like Triple H versus Shane at WrestleMania, or Triple H versus Owens at WrestleMania, where Triple H comes out to side with the McMahon family? Uh. I don't know, man. This is a hard one to to call because the finish doesn't matter. In terms of the booking, Shane McMahon winning the match doesn't help Kevin Owens at all unless he just beats the holy hell out of him. And Shane puts like one finger on his chest. He can't win.
1: So, What's what's your pick? I'm going with Kevin Owens. Yeah, me too.
2: I think he's going to do a pop-up powerbomb. I like the idea
1: of Kevin Owens wins. Kevin Owens wins with the help of either Triple H or Sami Zayn. (laughs) Sami
2: Zayn heel turn? Yeah.
1: What else are you doing with him?
2: Awful. Don't ever turn Sami Zayn heel. He's the the nicest guy on the planet. Okay,
1: that's the that's the problem though.
2: Pop up power bomb from the roof of the cell into the announce table. I I'm trying to figure out the physics of that to make sure that that's safe and that someone no, won't that's die. that's not safe. That's absolutely not safe. Okay, maybe not safe, but hey, if it happens. You heard it here first, folks. I
1: could see a pop-up power bomb like off of the side of the cage if they could figure out how to do that. They do put the big holes in the chain link sometimes. Uh, it's got to be at ringside. You can't have the finish your main event happen backstage like the.
2: They just changed the stipulation. No, if I mean it can't. Anywhere. But
1: having it happen outside of the arena, like what are you paying for to go to the show? Hey, man, WCW did that shit all the time. I know you can't. <laughs> so hopefully, they're not dumb enough to do it again. Anyway. Um, I I'm with I'm with you on Kevin Owens with some sort of help. You're saying chicanery. I'm, let me just get let me get my shit in there. Yeah, I think chicanery is correct. Okay. Um, but yeah, it would. It I think this might be one of the this might be one of those time pay per views where we know a lot when we 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 where we can see the ending of the show during the tag team match. If the cell gets lowered and you're like, isn't that ten feet shorter than it was last time I saw it, or like. <laughs> Look at those giant holes they've cut
2: in the side to to aid in the climbing or what. I mean, there's it might be it might be one of those. Yeah, you can. It's hard to tell that stuff from the TV. But if you're there, then, yeah, you can see when stuff is gimmick like that.
1: Jim, our heel producer, uh, sent me a note earlier with a good question, I think, for the for the listeners to chime in on. Tweet at us at at Mask Man Show. There you go. The question of the week is, where were you? When the Undertaker threw mankind off of the cage. Now, for some of you, the answer will be in a crib. <laughs> some of you might, you know, have have you know been at at uh, the, 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 the summer camp. I don't. Was it even the summer? I don't even remember. That was King of the Ring. Yeah. So it was a summer. It was a June pay per view. Uh, if you were like me, it was uh, the answer was probably you know at uh, like a youth group meeting at church because it was
2: a Sunday evening. <laughs> <laughs> um shoemaker used to have to sneak wrestling behind his dad's back. I
1: really watched very few pay per views
2: growing up. Yeah.
1: Not be I mean, just like it just wasn't a wasn't a thing in my life. I would watch a lot of them on Coliseum Home Video mm-hmm. after the fact. It's
2: expensive. It's an expensive habit. Especially back in the days of pay-per-view. Yeah. I when mean, it was one every month. And you had it was still like once they once they stopped doing the the in your house like 1999 gimmick, it was real pricey.
1: Yeah. Do you remember where you were? Do you remember that happening? Around You remember being about that age?
2: Yes. I, it was 90, I want to say 98, uh-huh. 99. It was some, you know, in that range. And uh, I wasn't buying the pay per views very often because we weren't rich. So we would get WrestleMania. Occasionally we get a Royal Rumble here or there. You know, the big ones. Yeah. So King of the Ring was never high on my list because it was never treated uh, as being on the same level as. Wrestlemania and Royal Rumble or SummerSlam right uh, so I ended up watching Raw the next night obviously and then you get those, the classic WWF move of here are the stills mm-hmm. look I at the black crazy black and white stills well they, I think they were still in color back then because they could show blood oh, at that's that point. true. so you know seeing Mick Foley's tooth coming out of his mouth and the Jim creepy... Ross voiceover <gasps> That cemented to me Jim Ross being the greatest announcer of all time. To bring it all back to the beginning is Jim Ross. Because he took that sort of like indignation that Lance Russell had, but he yeah. also had the ability to really call the moves uh, and tell the story, uh, and then still also have that banter with the and Lance Russell's defense gorilla there
1: were barely any moves in Memphis Wrestling. And the Jerry sort of. the King Lawler era. It was <laughs> there was like a, an elbow drop or two.
2: Yeah, no, I know. Jerry Lawler is not the <laughs> doesn't have a move set on on par with, let's say, Kazuchika Okada.
1: Um, I've heard of that guy. According to our heel announcer, Jim, whose question I just asked, we got to get out of here. We've hit the. We...
2: Yeah, di- you didn't answer. I right? have no, no idea. You were you were I, in I think I was
1: doing the same. I would think I was at church. And I was at I, home. But I, but I watched. But Jim? I watched raw the same. But someone yeah. listening to this probably has a better answer.
2: Yeah, tweet at us at Mass Man Show with your answers. Uh. And we'll respond, and, and maybe if if we have some time next week, if we don't hit the the TV time limit, if we don't go Broadway mm-hmm. again, then we'll
1: talk about it on the show. Well, Maybe a more interesting question for me, because to me the the big the the Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell the, the the those amazing spots, it was a it was a moment in history. The as soon as it happened, right? We like you if you watched that live, if you saw it raw the next night, down, I mean, you knew then I'm going to be seeing these clips for the rest of my life, right? But the bigger thing that happened, I think that really made that, that took that, that match into the stratosphere was the advent of smartphones. Mm -hmm. Because how many times have you just like whipped out your phone at a bar to show someone who doesn't watch wrestling, the highlights of that match, you know? Yeah. Or to just like, even someone who does like wrestling, like remember that it's like, why are we talking about it? It's here in my lap, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, or in my hand, depending on how you sit with your phones. Um, uh, that we we might need to do it. we might need to do an iPhone wrestling pantheon.
2: Yeah, that's a great Bill Simmons esque idea yeah. to do. Like, what are the the matches or moments that you pull up the most? What are the
1: yeah, what moments in wrestling history have been most positively affected by the fact that you can watch them at any given moment?
2: Add this to the list of great ideas we'll never do, Jim. We're doing
1: this one. Okay, I'll be there. And if I'm wrong, then Dave Schilling is off the show.
2: Wow, there's gonna be a lot of kids out there hoping you're wrong.
1: Uh, Whatever. Do you want to read some of the chants really quick as we're going off the air?
2: No, we got we we'll tweet it out. Uh, maybe a poll of which ones you like the best. We got some I'll great. We got some great options. The five for, best. The yeah. fi-
1: we got some great options for what chant needs to replace. This is awesome for things that are not entirely awesome. Simmons suggested this is important,
2: but it doesn't have the sing song equality to it.
1: Yeah, this is.
2: Yeah, this is important. I guess it's it sounds too jaunty. Yeah. Wrap it up. <laughs> Jim, all i'm right. gonna throw you through the barbershop window we gotta get out of here tweet us at Mask man
1: show i'm at david shoemaker this guy is at dave showing Dave at, underscore showing yeah. if
2: you're if all of you guys are lucky one of us will live tweet the show we'll see That's we'll it. probably be at saint germain's house watching the show so one of us will try to man the twitter account while we're um i will leave it. that to you i will hopefully be there oh valet's got ya
1: under her thumb I've again I've got an huh? 8 year old's birthday party to attend uh, but it's earlier in the day, we'll see All it. right. Well see anyway, it. let's get out of here, shall we? let's get out of here, enjoy Hell in the Cell apologies to Dean Ambrose this is the mass Man Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network we'll see you back here next week, humanoids
0: you didn't even ask me where I was for that mankind thing
1: where were you? I was having my first threesome, it was the greatest thing <laughs> his there first <laughs>
2: You really are a heel, Jim.